United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. Latest out of Afghanistan is that the Election Commission says that Ashraf Ghani has won a second term as president, but his closest opponent, Abdullah Abdullah, has declared himself the winner. The Taliban, meanwhile, has rejected the win of Mr. Ghani, further putting into question a U.S. peace plan which calls for a reduction in violence, followed by a more permanent agreement expected to be signed February 29th between Washington and the Taliban. President Trump commenting yesterday, speaking with reporters as he was leaving the White House. We are... We are with the Taliban. We've been negotiating with them for a while. Uh, we will see what happens. It's a chance of making a deal. There's a chance. There's a chance. We will see what happens. Often hearing that from the president, specifically on Afghanistan. Let's get the take from Scott Warden. Scott is the director of the United States Institute of Peace, Afghanistan, and Central Asia programs. The Twitter handle is at USIP. Scott, welcome back. Thank you for being here. Good morning. Thanks for having me. What is the state of any agreement right now in your estimation? Well, I'm cautiously optimistic that an agreement will in fact go through. I think we were back to the point we were in in September when people were talking about a possible U.S. Taliban deal, and that fell through. Uh, President Trump canceled a planned trip to Camp David to sign the deal, and the parties went back to negotiations. I think there are signs that this is more likely to go through. Uh, The U.S. and the Taliban have negotiated a reduction in violence, which is supposed to last for seven days, and that's the period we're in now. And upon that uh, completion of the seven days, the Taliban will sign a deal with the U.S., uh, renouncing terrorism, saying there will be no safe havens, and then agreeing to talk directly with the Afghan government, which would be the first time since 2001. So the signs are looking good, but I would definitely keep my fingers crossed because, uh, as you mentioned in your top piece, there is a disputed election result, which has just been announced, and that will cause even more political turmoil. Is it your sense that this is a true dispute or that the Taliban is using this as an excuse to delay things? Well, I, I think the Taliban have been consistent that they don't recognize the democratic process. They don't recognize the democratically elected government of President Ghani. So they're going to say that they reject the government regardless of what happens. I think the more significant uh, feature is that the runner-up, Abdullah Abdullah, who was the chief executive officer in the current government, has disputed the results and says he's going to form his own government. And this kind of uh, infighting, political infighting among groups that are otherwise opposed to the Taliban tends to weaken the government's negotiating power and the Taliban profit from political chaos. Scott, I have made this comparison, and maybe it's an odious one, but it's just a feel. It's not necessarily based in expertise, which is why I'd like to get your take on this, and that is that after the Vietnam War in this country, it was just everyone was tired, wanted to get out, and there was always a question about the involvement of the United States in that country and how much we needed to invest and at what point we pull out, and at the end of it trying to claim some sort of progress. If the United States does withdraw from Afghanistan. What is the positive? What is the negative? That's a good question. I think there are a lot of positives in terms of eliminating al-Qaeda from, largely eliminating al-Qaeda from Afghanistan. They have had no capability to plan attacks against the U.S. Of course, 
Uh, fortunately, there have been no attacks from Afghanistan on the U.S. So I think the core counterterrorism objective of going in was achieved for a long period of time. Uh, for Afghanistan, the development there, economic development, infrastructure development, as well as education and health, have been enormous since 2001. Afghanistan is still a very poor country and it needs more development assistance that it should be increasingly financing on its own. But the U.S. intervention with international partners was able to really set the country back on its feet. And finally, it's established uh, while a fragile democratic system, uh, it still is a, a democratic country in a very undemocratic area of the world. And it has uh, free speech and free media that is the uh, envy of its neighbors. So those are all very positive. Now, the negative, of course, is that we're still there and we're still paying billions of dollars a year. Um, so the peace deal that people hope will happen is really the best way to uh, ease down our investment and let the Afghan government take more of the responsibility. I guess a lot of people would say, all right, so we've got nearly 2,500 military deaths, 1,900 of those, give or take, uh, the result of hostile action, about 20,000 service members wounded in action in the war. And you wonder, okay, good job, well done, and it was worth the effort or not? Well, I think, again, with the counterterrorism goal at the core of the mission, the fact that we did eliminate one source of threat uh, with no attacks, I think that is a job well done. Uh, our presence in Afghanistan enabled uh, us to get bin Laden in Pakistan next door. You know, that wouldn't have happened without an intervention. Did it need to be as large? Um, did as many people need to die? I mean, that, those are those are questions that need to be reviewed historically. And, and surely, you know, in hindsight, we probably overpaid for the investment. Um, but that said, it's, it, you know, it's a process that was worth engaging in and has paid dividends. Again, Scott Worden with us, director of the United States Institute of Peace, Afghanistan and Central Asia programs on this deal with the Taliban. Scott, is there any sense, what is the mechanism for compliance to ensure that the Taliban lives up to whatever it agrees to? We're, we understand that there are compliance mechanisms. The deal has not been released publicly yet, the deal between the U S and the Taliban. So, I don't know the details of it, but fundamentally it would be the U.S. military commander and along with the Afghan military uh, evaluating with all of the uh, capabilities that we have there, whether the Taliban have agreed to the terms or not. Um, fundamentally, they are to reduce violence in uh, no violence against civilians. There have been a lot of attacks on civilians and collateral damage um, by the Taliban as well as by uh, aerial bombardment by the Afghan forces, and that should be observable by the public and by the by the media. Um, other forms of violence uh, would be up for the military to decide. And as far as we talk about the Afghanistan and the Taliban in the U.S., of course, you got to wonder about the neighbors: Iran to the west, Pakistan to the east, and the south, Turkmenistan to Tajikistan, uh, Uzbekistan. I'm not sure. Do they recognize? Will they recognize the Taliban as the leader in Afghanistan, or does it matter to them? I think it's unlikely that they will recognize the Taliban as the leader of Afghanistan. Just about all of the neighbors, with the exception of Pakistan, uh, oppose the Taliban. They would prefer them to be defeated, but I think they've accepted the fact that the Taliban are here to stay and therefore need to be negotiated with. 
Um, in Pakistan, now, they have, of course, provided safe havens and support for the Taliban. Um, they've continued to do so. Uh, they want the Taliban to have a significant role in government, but I think they also fear having the Taliban in full control because there are anti-Pakistan militants who might seek safe havens in a Taliban-led Afghanistan and attack Pakistan. It's very complex. It's obviously something there's a lot yet to be determined. I do appreciate you being with us. Scott Warden, thank you for joining us on POTUS. Thanks very much for having me. We'll see what happens as the president says. Scott Warden is the director of the United States Institute of Peace, Afghanistan, and Central Asia programs. Could this never-ending war be ending? Stick around. We'll find out. Uh, by the way, the Twitter handle is at USIP. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.